Welcome one, welcome all. This is the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host, John Waltz, coming to you this evening, this rainy evening here in Franklin, Tennessee, coming from the campus of Gateway Franklin Church, my home church. Uh, if you're in the Nashville area and you need, you're looking for a church home or looking a place to worship on Sundays, I highly recommend that you uh, come down here on Lewisburg Pike and join us. But um, joining me this evening on the this episode of Discovering Masculinity masculinity is uh, my good uh, good friend and leader of the uh, men's ministry here at Gateway Franklin, Mr. Uh, Chris uh, Stovenauer? Stovenauer. Okay. Stovenauer. All right. Chris, it is great to have you on the uh, on the podcast tonight. Thanks so much for uh, for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, uh, to join me. Hey, no problem. Glad to be here. You know, most people here at the church know me as Stovey because we have so many Chris's in leadership. So, uh, I go by my nickname that I uh, picked up in high school. So, but I'm an old guy now, but I'm still called Stoby. So, okay, all right, <laughs> well, yeah, well, well um, Stoby, I guess that's that's what we'll uh, we'll, we'll go with there. But uh, um, yeah, just. Um, I, I, I like to do things. I like to jump into some of the deep questions right off the bat here. So uh, the the main you know purpose of of the show um is is to really just take a deep dive and discover what true masculinity looks like from uh from a faith perspective so uh i'll i'll ask you here got just kind of uh jumping off here what is a uh, to, to you what is what does it mean to be a man in the uh, in this world today and when what uh, kind of parroting off of that in your opinion what what does a, a true masculinity look like uh coming from a uh, faith-based perspective yeah, great questions. I, I think uh, I think you know modern society and culture gives you a view that we know is counterculture to what Jesus would have us do and be. Um, so I don't know. I don't know that we need to spend a ton of time, or I don't know that I want to spend a ton of time. You know, going down a path of how off sometimes uh, you know the world perspective is on who what a real biblical man should be. Um, I will say this that most of the issues for anybody, whether male or female, comes from selfishness. It comes from, you know, you, you think of the, the mantra, a self, I'm a self-made man. You know, mm-hmm. self is right in the title. And, and of course, most of the gospel is about you being dependent on Christ, you know, on his sacrifice um, and, and understanding that you can't get there on your own. So there's nothing self-made about it. I mean, Jesus made the way possible. And so, um, you know, when you look at real manhood from a Christian faith-based perspective, it should, it should be more in line with, you know, we're following Christ. And, and I think there is a part of that where from a male perspective, let's put it that way, um, I think there is a responsibility. You know, masculinity is a, is a physical term, maybe, you know, first and you know, foremost. Um, so anybody that's been given strength, you know, a biblical way of looking at that is to be able to help those that are weaker, you know, or those that don't have that same strength. Um, 
So I think of masculinity as an opportunity and a responsibility. Um, and I think that's how the context of the Bible would, would explain. If you have, if you have a, you know, a, a strength, whether that be a physical strength or a mental strength or a hardship that you've been through, um, that you've come through the other side and you can help somebody going through it now. I mean, that's, that's definitely, you know, biblical, um, concept of, of using your strength to help somebody else, you know, or using what you've been through and going through. So from that perspective, um, you know, I, I don't really, you know, the idea of the macho man that we all were raised around, you know, I was raised in, a, in an athletic environment and, you know, my heroes in the time were always big burly guys that were achieving something fantastic and great. And I think that's what we're talking about before, but it's like, you can do it, you know, be a self-made man, go out and conquer. And, um, but I see it more now, you know, as I've got some years on me and kind of walking out in my faith, um, that there's a responsibility that's inherent in, in, in having masculinity, I guess, you know, but manhood is all about you following Christ and being responsible for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, um, that's good, good answer. Good stuff in there. And, and yeah, we, we I've I've been doing doing so many episodes here now um, on on this podcast that and, and from guys from a lot of different a uh, lot of different walks of life is that uh, one of the things that that does come across our common theme that I that I do here is that you know they talk about the protector and provider right. um, you know aspect of, of masculinity and, and being a true Absolutely. being being a true man and and um, you know I I think that's that's been lost a lot in in our culture here today, and and that's one of the the goals of, of this show. And and there's a lot of like-minded creators uh, online now that that I've kind of stepped into into the space of that uh, that really really do see that there's a problem with with men in our culture today. And I would just I just want to kind of pick your brain a little bit, just on what are what are some of the uh, the problems or shortcomings that you see with with men in the culture today. You know, you talked a little bit about selfishness, but you know, are there are there some other things that maybe you could you could point to that uh, you know some some cultural phenomenons in the in especially in, in the secular world that uh, that sure. are affecting men today. Yeah, it's funny. I, um, I've got a 26 year old daughter, and, and I was eating lunch with her today, and and something came up. A recent uh, commentator made a comment about, you know, we need to take the dresses off, you know, it was in reference to a football game and a penalty being thrown um, for somebody that sacked the quarterback or whatever. And so um, I don't know his intent and I don't want to judge that, but we were just talking about that. And, and of course, the labels that we that we have begun putting on everybody anytime they have a slip of the tongue or whatever, but the first thing out of her her words, well, I'm not surprised because of all the toxic masculinity that's going on, you know, and, um, and I'm like, wow, you know, we've got to the point where, you know, we're labeling everything. And, and look, I, it's a real thing. There's, there's zero doubt about it. Um, that, you know, there's a, uh, it's a real thing that, that men, you know, or anybody with strength and power um, has a tendency to want to lord it over somebody else you know i don't think that's what this commentator meant but it was just a jumping off point for a conversation with my daughter but but um you know there there are problems but but i still go back to the contention that that the problems are self 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's our yeah. addiction to ourself, our self-comfort, our self-preservation, our self-interest, our selfish ambition. Um, and, you know, we're not, you know, loving God and loving others and putting others, you know, ahead of ourselves. And um, that's hard to do because for every fruit of the Spirit, there's a counterfeit that's, that's, that's uh, rooted in self. You know, like for... Like, why do you, if I love somebody and, but then I get put out when they don't love me back, then what I'm, that's telling me that I didn't love them with the fruit of the Spirit. That wasn't a godly love. That was a selfish ambition love. You know, if Mm -hmm. I'm kind to somebody and they don't return that kindness and I get put out or angry or offended, then that wasn't a fruit of the Spirit, you know, because that's coming from my own reservoir and it wasn't reciprocated. So now I'm angry, Mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, we see that all the time, and, and 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 I think being in men's ministry for a long time, so so that's not my professional job. You know, every day I've, I've always volunteered and and, and, and kind of gravitated into these positions. I've been at um, over the last probably thirty years. I've been involved in three different churches and ended up being the men's leader there when they didn't have an official men's pastor. And I've just kind of gotten into that spot because I have a passion to see men grow. You know, I have a passion to grow uh, myself, and I feel like it's too hard to do by yourself. And I think the biblical model is for you to do it with somebody too. Yeah, definitely. Be engaged in fellowship and all that. So, so because I have a passion for that, um, you know, I, I get to see and talk and 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 talk about men's issues. Okay, which mm-hmm. is what we'll talk about today, and they're definitely there, but they're all rooted in our selfish, our, our desire to, desires of the flesh or whatever you want to call them. And we can get real theological and biblical, but, but at the end of the day, it comes from us, ourself, and whatever power we have, whether it's masculinity or whether it's, you know, authoritative feel or a position or title, we use it to our advantage. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not, you know, what is the Beatitudes? What did Jesus say in the seminal coming out party on the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are the poor spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Mm-hmm. You know, those who aren't easily offended but surrender their will to Christ's will. You know, that's the root of who we're supposed to be as a Christian. We're supposed to be understand that we have a desperate need for Christ and this self-made man is an illusion. It really is. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that we can't accomplish great things through you know great discipline and great effort. But we can't become who God wants us to be. We can't get to heaven on our own. I mean, it just can't be done. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I know I'm, I'm rambling a little bit. Um, but uh, I would like to just kind of throw out a scripture, though, that I think I've used a lot in men's ministry. And I think it's the foundation of what we do here at Gateway with the Gateway Men. And that's First Corinthians 16, 13. A very well-used, well-worn scripture for men's ministry. But it says quoted from the ESV, which is a more literal translation, uh, be watchful, mm-hmm. stand firm in the faith, act like men. There's some other, other translations that would take that gender out of it um, and, and do a more dynamic iteration of that, which would be, you know, uh, be courageous. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it says, be strong and let all you do be done in love. Okay, yeah. so I think to me that, that scripture sums up who we're supposed to be as men because I take it literal, like he's... And act like men. Well, what does a man act like? A biblical man act like? Well, it starts with be watchful. Mm-hmm. You know, some translations say be alert, be on, be on guard. 
Um, I like to say be engaged, you know, yeah. be engaged in what God is doing. There's a process, there's a redemptive process. You know, you don't get saved and get the fire insurance and then stop, you know, not if you want to grow and become and, and bear fruit, you know. Um, and then it says stand firm in the faith. Okay, so you have to grow your faith. You have to understand what the faith is. And at the end of the day, your faith is not your discipline. It's the gospel. It's you mm-hmm. surrendering and submitting to Christ and Him transforming you, not you transforming yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's at the heart of it. I, I've tried for years, John, to transform myself. And I'm a pretty disciplined guy. Matter of fact, if you talk to people that know me, my gosh, man, he gets up and he works out and he... He reads his Bible every day and he does I mean, but I had been hung up on my discipline and it only got me so far. It wasn't until I finally said, okay, God, I can't cleanse myself. I can't make myself good enough. I keep failing. Matter of fact, I have sins that I keep doing over and over again. I am clearly not being transformed. Mm -hmm. What is the problem? And I realized that I wasn't allowing the Holy Spirit to cleanse me, that I wasn't surrendering. First of all, I wasn't repenting truly repenting my repentance i realized at some point was i'm sorry i got caught or i'm sorry i'm not measuring up yeah. and it was became a shame mm-hmm. and then that that cycle where you can't get out of that cycle when you keep trying to work it yourself mm-hmm. you're trying to work the problem the christian process you go from repentance to submission Okay. Yeah. And obedience, then denial of self, and then you know, so brokenness in a sense, you know, repentance, and then obedience is your access to His grace. Well, then that transformation is the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. Jesus said to Peter, um, you know, when He was washing His feet, you know, Peter was like, you know, whoa, whoa, whoa you're not supposed to be washing my feet. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah. supposed to be washing your. You know, I, I should be serving you. And, 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 and Jesus' words ring out to me all the time. Um, if you don't understand, if I don't do this for you, you can have no part with me. Mm-hmm. You know? And he said, well, then wash all my bodies. Well, no, you shower. You're clean. Okay? And, 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 he, and he reiterated, because of my words and your belief in my words, you are clean. But you're going to daily, you're going to walk through muck and mire and you need to clean your feet. Right? right. To me, that's a word picture of, of us dealing with truth being you know god's truth as we grow on we see an area where we're not measuring up or god would have us change or transform or or bear more fruit in that area you know mm-hmm. deny ourselves in that area or whatever it might be so the trauma the truth the truth hits us and we have to decide what we're going to do with that you know are we going to repent and truly mourn that and say oh my gosh i'm falling short but you know what um i'm asking for your forgiveness and forgive me but it, um, I'm going to jump to another scripture too. First mm-hmm. John 1 9, where it says, If we confess our sins, He is just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That was the part I was forgetting about, that whole cleansing side. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. was, I was, hey, I'm sorry, I messed up again. Forgive me. I'm going to hold you to your word, God, that you said, you know, you'd forgive me, so I'm forgiven. But I never felt cleansed. I never, I still carried that shame. Well, until I finally said, wait a minute. I'm getting caught in my self-redemptive process and I'm not getting out of it. It's not really changing me. So then I realize it's brokenness and surrender and submission to the Holy Spirit. You know, Jesus, you have to cleanse me. Mm-hmm. You have to renew my heart. You have to transform my mind and change my affections. That's a spiritual thing. It's not a logical thing. Right, yeah. 
you know, and that's yeah. where I kept getting hung up is I'm trying to do this myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, I'm the exact same way. I'm very methodical, very analytical. I mean, I, yeah, I'm part of a, a, a men's group that meets online every Monday night, and, and some of the things that the guys tell me about is that you're too rigid and structured. I have the same type of discipline practices that, that you do as far as getting up early and working out and, and, and doing doing those kinds of kinds of things and so yeah it's it just doing things from our own strength and from our own in our own capacity to try and and, and uh, get closer to God that's yeah that's that's going to lead you down a bad path and, and like I said it's going to lead you into a, into a, a vicious cycle and and I, I want to go back a little bit to you know, we were talking about that concept of toxic masculinity and, and guys just trying to you know or men trying to lord their own power and their own authority uh over people and i, I think that comes from a that obviously comes from, well to me it's obvious that it comes from how we're, we're fallen creatures and because I, one of the pieces of, of theology that i have picked up over my years of of studying and reading is that when in the creation story god told Adam and Eve like this is your this is your place to, to rule and, and to, to grow and be fruitful in and, and but you know don't eat of eat of the tree but the original command for us was to, to rule and to and to have authority over the the earth that he had, he had created for us and um, that part of us that God put into us has become tainted through the through the fall of, of mankind and so that's and it's really interesting that that type of. I was actually talking with a friend of mine about this. That, that a lot of the things that uh, that are kind of celebrated of, or even like are drawn attention to, or glorified that are kind of toxic traits that that men can exhibit. I can think of like Gordon Ramsay. He's a, a really good example of that. Of how he's just pretty much verbally abusive to the people that, that work with him and, and but yet still he's doing things on on TV and he's got other good parts of, of who he is and in, in, in his own business but the thing that draws in the views and the thing that draws in the, the clips especially virally is when he's you know is when he's getting on his staff and that's sure. yeah I, I, I couldn't work for the man um, right. you know just because because of that I mean there's one thing to, to being critiqued but then there's another thing to being being right. constantly on your toes and feeling like you're walking on on eggshells and then um back when i was a teenager i was really into you know wwf and like a lot of personalities and characters on that on on that programming they were yeah the the context of a guy running in and interfering in a match with a steel chair i mean like people in the arena just stand up and go crazy for it but it's like that only makes sense in that context and you can't carry yourself like that as as a man just being um, you know, us, you, you against the the world, and and a lot of guys will call it like the the lone wolf syndrome. Like it's you, you can't be a a lone wolf out there, and and you know, um, you know, even even Jesus, the the epitome of of who we should look to for for masculinity. He had the twelve around him during his his time on earth, and and um, yeah, and so I I just think that yeah, there's there are a lot of toxic traits itself out there and i think that's kind of where it gets confused a little bit in the secular world that like they view that that's what masculinity truly looks like and that's that's not what what masculinity or or being a being a good a good man looks like but um um 
being that you've been part of uh, uh, men's ministry for uh, you know men's leader for for so long, what are some of the common things that you that you see in men who who come into your uh, come into your ministry or even come uh, uh, that you see where maybe they what they need when they join the the men's group? What are some of the common themes that you see as, as far as men where they need to grow? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and I, we, I see this a lot, and especially younger men, because I haven't been knocked down enough to understand, you know, um, and I hate to say it this way, but sometimes after you've been knocked down enough, you start learning, you know, a thing or two, you know, about, hey, you know, I'm not invincible, I'm not, I don't have all the answers, um, you know, I, I was in a spotlight like that when I was a young man, but, but a lot of times, you know, I, what I see most is people don't recognize their need or they're ignoring their need, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, and, and some of that is the invasiveness of the culture. It's like, I'm a standalone guy. I don't need help, you know. Um, you know, self-made man again. Uh, you know, a, a lot of that can be part of that stigma. Um, you know, men act a certain way, you know, whether it be the lone wolf or, you know, the the out front leader all the time and, and there's there's you know there's little elements of that that are that are okay but um when we're seduced by that and we're not balanced that out with the scripture you know we're not using the scripture as our standard then yeah we go that way and that that is because of the fall you know you mentioned you know how god gave man authority over the earth but you think about when he did that he was in an intimate relationship with man at the mm-hmm. fall, that relationship was broke, and it became, you know, basically man became his own god because he said, you know, I want to eat of the, the true, you know, the, the, the tree of uh, knowledge, you know, good and evil. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I want to be like God. That was the temptation to, you know, then you'll be like God. You'll know everything He knows. You, you know, you'll have the distinction. And so, you know, we become our own gods in a sense because, you know, we we got this together. No, there's a passivity to that too. You know, I yeah. think passivity is is um, you know something that men can deal with. Um, that was at the that was at the the fall of man too, where you know Adam was passive. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In that situation, but part of him, I think, really wanted to see himself, and he let you know he didn't stand up for what for what was right, and so mm-hmm. passivity is part of it. Um, um, and that's why our slogan here is. You know, our vision here at Gateway Men is to see every man engaged. And that we don't mean to be married. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. We, every man engaged in the process that God has for us to be transformed, to be renewed, but to be engaged with God and other men so that we can grow into the people and to the manhood that he's, he's called us to be. Um, so passivity is definitely one of them, just not self-examining. You know, the scripture I just read, be alert, be watchful, be engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a responsibility that comes with, with being a, a Christian in this world, with being a man in a family. There's a responsibility that, that comes with that, that God, I believe, is God-given and God-called, you know. Um, now, there's other, you know, classic sins of the flesh that we fall into in today's world that, that has always been there, but it's, it's, it's so accessible and prolific and you go down the list of pornography, mm-hmm. any kind of addiction, you know, whether it be um, thrill seeking, I mean, whatever it is, you know, yeah. alcohol, whatever, um, it's just per- pervasive to get that next thrill, you know, um, instead of you know that next challenge and busyness and 
and the almighty dollar, I mean, whatever you want to say, you know, prestige. I mean, we start chasing all these things and we don't have time for God in our lives. You know, so those issues, you know, we see them all the time. Yeah. You know, and, and we're constantly trying to address those. Um, but at the end of the day, growing in your faith is really the answer. I am a huge fan of every man spending six months to a year just studying the Beatitudes and what Jesus said. Yeah. Uh, the roots of who we are as a Christian is in the first three. If you can feed those roots mm-hmm. of poor in spirit, repent more or repentance and meekness, surrendering your will to God's will, those roots, if you can water those, mm-hmm. then you get to the fourth Beatitude, which now I'm getting, I'm hunger, hungering and thirsting after righteousness instead of what the world has for me for what God has for me because I've I've grown these roots long enough now I've got a shoot you know where I'm headed towards bearing fruit well then the fruit is um, blessed are the pure, purity mm-hmm. yeah you know which is the, the the opposite of where the world wants us to go is to indulge ourselves mm-hmm. you know Satan wants us to indulge ourselves ourself wants to indulge ourselves yeah. you know, with every selfish pleasure right so purity is a fruit of watering those roots, right? And changing your affections, but that doesn't happen until you water those roots. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next is blessed are the peacemakers. So peace, that's a fruit. And not only is that peace for you, but peace for people in your inner circle. You're taking, that's why it's the, 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 the shoes of peace, yeah. you know, the armor of God. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, where you're trotting, you know, and of course the, you know, the, the example of the, the, uh, the soldiers feet in those times, they literally had spot and like nails driven through them to where in rocky ground they they were gripping. Yeah. Know? So shoes of peace was a firm foundation. You know, mm-hmm. now you're taking that peace, you're standing firm with peace. That's a fruit of you know, fruit of the armor, fruit of the spirit, you know, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, and then perseverance, blessed are those who persecuted. I like to look at that in a positive way. <laughs> like yeah. that's perseverance, you're gonna get knocked down. Not everybody's going to love you. Matter of fact, the world's going to hate you because it hated Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to have criticism. You're going to you're going to be knocked down. Um, and so perseverance is a fruit of ability to get back up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that turning that back into into a positive is that the more you grow, the more the enemy is going to want to take you out because you know one of the uh, I'll borrow a quote from from John Eldridge that I read in one of his books, and I, I think maybe he cited it from from somebody else. I'll have to to look that up just to see where the quote came from. But the devil knows who you are and who you're capable of becoming, and he he fears that. Right. And so that's why he's trying to take you down at that that earlier stage, and and even you know passivity is is another thing that that all men struggle with. Is and and one uh, the, the translation of the fall in uh, in in the in the garden you know she, she, where it says that she gave some of the fruit to her husband who was there with her like the translation of that means he was literally right there next to her watching this whole exchange between her and the serpent go down and didn't didn't speak up didn't step in or do anything and and um, and even Later on, you know, one of the things that maybe it's it, it, it's part of the human condition, but I feel like it's a lot of it's seeped a lot into uh, into the uh, culture of men here today is that uh, is is blaming others and and 
and that comes from you can see roots of that in the fall too because right. he's like he says to God well it wasn't me it was this woman you gave me right. it's like it, it's essentially he's blaming God and he's blaming her at the same time because it's like I, I didn't have this woman with with me to, to for, this wouldn't have happened and you you took you you created her from from my being and and so he's so Adam's essentially trying to turn it back rather than taking that culpability for for himself and that's well, wow! There's there's a lot of a lot of stuff we can get into get into there as far as the blame game is alive and well. Oh yeah, twenty twenty two, and I have a feeling it's going to be even worse in twenty twenty three as far as you know. As trying to make ourselves feel better by judging somebody else, whatever you know, that's a selfish you know motivation behind that too. We love a sensational story. It's it's like a car wreck. Sometimes we, you know, we know it's bad, but we still got to look. It's like we. You know, it just we want to see somebody fall sometimes, and I think that's so tragic. Yeah. Um, uh, and the Bible talks about that. It's like judge not, lest you be judged. You know, um, that's a that's an anti-Jesus um, uh, thought process to to judge somebody um, for their you know oh, look we're all sinners. Yeah. 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 And, and yeah, and I just I can remember. It's a it's a really uh, interesting line from, and this is just like I was uh, we were talking earlier before we started recording. Just one of the ways that God kind of speaks to me through through story and through media and, and through uh, through movies. I just remember there's a, a famous line from uh, The Dark Knight where it says you either die a hero or you live long enough to become the villain. Just because yeah. you know yeah. at some point people want to want to tear you down and and yeah. And, it, and that is that is tragic that that people just celebrate the the fall and and uh, you know of of others and and that's uh, that's part of who we are as tainted tainted beings is just that right. you know it, it it's um, well and unfortunately you know the outside world judges Christianity by its followers not by yeah. Jesus mm-hmm. you know um, and and so you know of course you know. We're not Jesus's brand manager, so to speak. It's not like he has a, a brand that he's worried about. You know, I mean, he's the way, the truth, and the life. Period. End of story. Um, and people are going to come to him or not. But, but it is our job to be kind, to be gentle, to be good, to be. You know, those things will draw other Christians. And you want to talk about toxic masculinity? Let's talk about toxic Christianity. Mm, yeah. Let's talk about people that that are so judgmental with their Christian verbiage. That you know, people that need Christ, all they see is your venom. Mm-hmm. They see your what comes across is hostility, whether you mean it that way or not. But the shouting and the hollering, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I, I had a I had a person uh, tell me one time um, that you know you got to stand up for, it. and I said I totally get that. You do. You, you, it's. It's it's the truth. It's justice. You got to stand up for that. God calls us to, to do good and to do justice. I mean, from the Old Testament through this, that's not changed. Okay, that's what He's called us to do. Um, but there's a way that He's done that, that. That we're called to do that. We're still called to bear bear fruit through that. We're draw people with our kindness and mercy while standing for the truth, while standing or firm in our faith. Let all you do be done in love. The mm-hmm. scripture we just read earlier. Yeah. You know, 
you telling somebody they're wrong and screaming a holler at them in the face that they're going to hell is not, and even if you're not saying those exact words, we imply that a lot mm-hmm. by how we come across like, yeah, that's wrong. You know, um, instead of getting to know that person, instead of telling our story, how, you know, we were lost and, and, and we're in this process now and we're not perfect, but we're following Christ, come follow with me, you know, get involved with, you know, get involved with them and stuff like that. Um, but they can't see Christ for our words, right? you yeah. know, and our judgmentalism. And then there we go, we make a mistake now, you know. Mm-hmm. Now it's all, you know, it's all over, you know, but we draw people to Christ by acting like Christ. Yeah. But this person told me, he's like, yeah, but even Christ threw the money changers out. He got physical with that, you know, and, and he did what he had to do. And I'm like, hmm, let's think about that. Who is he so mad at? Was he mad at the politicians? Was he mad at the, the woman at the well? Was he mad at... You know, the people that came to him for healing, that were lost, that needed a shepherd. Was he mad at them? No, he was mad at the religious people. Yeah, yeah. The people who should have, yeah, the people who should have known better. Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. so, no, you can't use that scripture with me. That's not going to fly, buddy. I mean, right. that's not Christ when you're, you're hooting and hollering at people and judging them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I heard the uh, the phrase once. Um, I think Andy Stanley wrote it in one of, one of his books many years ago. That um, anger in and of itself isn't a sin, but it's when it's unjustified or when it's um, you know when it's coming right. from that wrong place. And right. you know, the the like you said, the the woman at the well, or even um, the woman who was thrown before Jesus um, right. when he was teaching at the at the synagogue. You know, where that the, the thing that always jumped out about me about that story was that they they caught her in adultery. Like okay, like you you caught like they they were they knew what they were doing. Sure. They were waiting. Right. Yeah, they they were they were entrapping her and 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 they were waiting for him to to treat her like they would would treat her. And he just like you know the like you go and sin no more. Like he was just, he was just kind of calmly reacted to that like yeah i know i know what these people are doing and you know you know what you're doing is wrong but at the same time you know you're you're not going to be you're not going to be condemned and at, like you said the woman at the well i mean he treated her with the you know treated her like a like a human being i guess is the, yeah. the best way to that i can you know think to, to to put it and he treated her like he treats all of us with grace mm-hmm. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and the times that he would lash out at people or call them, you know, brood of vipers or whatever. It was like, it was like you said, it was the religious people. It was the people who, who should have, who should have known better and be like, okay, if you really want to be like God, you know what to do, but you're trying to advance your own cause here. And, um, yeah, that's, that's really powerful too. And, and I, I always think back to, uh, I believe it was was Gandhi that uh, uh, that said that said this quote. Someone asked him why why he wasn't a Christian or or why he didn't follow Christ, and and he said I, I don't have I don't have any problem with your Christ. It's your Christians that I 100%. yeah and yeah. and so that's that's think, a very powerful. I think we get hung up, you know, the phrase tough love. You know, we, we, mm-hmm. as a parent, you know, talk about hey, you know, it's going to hurt me worse. It's going to hurt you. You know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. We think. Were tough level. I had I was uh, participating in a conference that was put on by the John Gordon Company. I don't know if you know who John Gordon wrote the Energy Bus, Power of Positive Leadership, mm-hmm. and a lot of us, you know, while he's 
it's a secular medium, you know, um, it seems to come from a position of faith. I don't know John personally, but, but it seems to come from a position of faith. Um, but, uh, you know, he talks about instead of tough love, switch that. And I think this is very biblical, love tough. Mm. The love comes first. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. You stand firm in the faith, but let all you do be done in love. Your approach is love. Your approach is open-handed. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. Um, instead of your approach being a, with a closed fist. Right. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's and the, the people who approach it with a closed fist and use the, the scripture to justify it. You know, like you said, no returning the tables in the in the temple with the money changers. I think that's that speaks more to a problem with with who that individual is coming coming from that and and when I was younger in, in in my own faith journey I fell into you know felt like I had kind of fallen into a few of the a few of those patterns and it was more of like it was more it was more reflection on me and, and more reflection on you know how I wanted to just kind of force my own view on on uh, you know different different situations and and even a lot of these uh, a lot of these, like the the hellfire and, and damnation, you know, open air preachers that are out there. I mean, that's not. I I just don't think that's going to win anybody over. Like just and John, you sparked a thought, um, and it's something I'm kind of passionate about too. It's 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 part of this conversation we're talking about with culture and and what how men get off a lot of times. You know, mm-hmm. it's the lenses we look through. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, are we looking through a faith-based lens or are we looking through a cultural lens? And it's and it's insidious. It seeps in and we don't even realize it. I've literally had people tell me stuff like, hey, it's in the Bible, this, that, and the other. And I'm like, where? Yeah. You yeah. Know, it's a cultural norm that they're bringing in that's not even in the Bible, you know. Um, or they're saying, well, well we got to do this. Okay, well, where's the example of Jesus to that? Well, you know, David was tough and this, that, and that. Okay, but what you're referring to was was different and he was following God's instruction to possess the land, you know, whatever it was, or he was protecting his people. He was a king and it was, mm-hmm. you know, it, you're, you're apples and oranges here. You're, yeah, you, yeah. So what I'm, what I'm getting at is we don't know the Bible well enough. We don't study. We don't dig. And a little bit of scripture, gosh, this sounds really pessimistic, but I'm just telling you, I've been in Miss Mystery a lot, is that I see people that don't understand their need because they're not matching their life against the standard of God's word. Yeah. And I can't emphasize that enough. It's, it's, you know, even the word discipleship has come under fire. You know, just like in the, in the, in the real world, yeah. accountability and business, you know, like nobody wants to be held accountable. That's a bad word. It's become a bad word. Mm-hmm. Um, not to me, but for a lot of people. Um, but discipleship has gotten this among the among the really younger generation has gotten this 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 bad rap, you know, because of honestly, it's a bad rap, somewhat justified because of people in leadership that took advantage of other people under the guise of discipleship. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah, and it's become this. No, no, no. Me and God are good. Okay, well, I'm I'm okay with that, provided you have a. You're involved and engaged. You're not lone wolfing it because that's nowhere in the Bible, right? Yeah. You know? um, and you're in the Word, and you know the Word, and let's have a discourse about it. Mm-hmm. You know, you're 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 matching your life to this standard. This is the lens that you're looking through, not the 
and, and this may offend some people, but not your lens of I'm an American. Yeah. I'm a conservative. I'm this political party or that political party or well, I'm a liberal or I'm you, whatever it is, whatever these labels are. Um, once you come to Christ, that's your kingdom. We're pilgrims. Yeah. And we don't let go of that. And we mix, you know, we mix mm-hmm. it all together. And in the smorgasbord, it doesn't work. Yeah. We don't grow. You know, you, you know, Jesus sold out to saving us. Mm-hmm. Gave his life. He gave it all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he sold out and he's calling the people that come to him with desperate dependency and say, I am surrendering my will to yours. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we have a hard time getting there because yeah. of the cultural lens that we're constantly battling, looking through. You know, I, I work in a field that's competitive. It's a sales environment. You mm-hmm. know, we're selling a product. Um, and, and, I, and I am and involved in coaching salespeople, you know, and, and I've fallen into the trap from time to time about, you know, you make the difference and control what you control. When I know from a biblical standpoint, control is, is, is uh, an illusion. Right. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. I mean, yeah. there's good techniques. Don't get me wrong. And I coach those those good techniques and mm-hmm. and uh, winning friends and influence people and all that from the Del Carnegie. But I, mean, I teach all these things. But at the end of the day, these lenses that we look through, like you deserve it. You you know, I mean, all these kind of things. Um, they when you really dissect what God's standard, His Word, and who He wants us to be, you find it really counterculture. Mm-hmm. It really yeah. is. And yeah. so we've got to always check our lens. And that's what, and that, back, going back to that first scripture we talked about, First Corinthians 16, 13, be watchful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be on, be on guard. Know your faith. Stand firm with faith. Know your faith. We don't know our faith. Yeah. Okay. That's a generalization. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but every church I've ever been in, there's always been a core group that were pursuing God, and then that group grew, and then they grew, and they grew, but it was all relational. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I'm not on social media. I've never really have been. I've experimented with a while. It's just not not for me. It's not my thing. Yeah, yeah. I find you're not missing much. Yeah, <laughs> I, I find the more I'm engaged in social media, the more my selfishness comes up. Mm, yeah, you know? yeah. Um, and that's me personally. It, it may be a weakness in myself or whatever. And I thought about it, especially from a men's ministry perspective. Like, how can I? reach more men because everybody's on Instagram or Twitter I say everybody but you know a large portion right. especially, yeah. especially the, the you know the, the the younger guys into their you know 40s and 50s they're really into that you know mm-hmm. after that maybe not so much <laughs> you yeah. know yeah. Uh, we all get tired of it at some point but you know I, I tried to challenge myself but every time I experimented with it I'm like yeah this it just doesn't feel right for me mm-hmm. and so I don't do that um but I feel like it's helped me not to do that. Yeah. You know, I yeah. feel like it helps my lens stay clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, social media is, is just really, it's a really str- strange phenomenon in the fact that it really enforces your own narratives about your life and about, about the world and yourself because you can, right. you can pick who and what what you follow on social media no matter no matter what the platform is and and you can um you can get in your own little bubble and and i'm i can be guilty of that too sometimes i've got to take a step back and be like okay there's more than one point of view on this particular issue or topic or you know am am i following this 
account because it's feeding into something that's tapping into my flesh or something in my own my own desires or is it reinforcing a narrative that I have about about the world that I heard somewhere that made sense to me like what what is my true purpose of of, of that and so that's you know I I probably just need to to take some time off from social media myself I mean I'm, I'm almost 40 and so there's you know there's different platforms that you know it seems like the the platforms become a little bit more niche and, and nuanced the the younger generate as the younger generations start to uh, to engage in them but uh, um yeah it, it's uh it's a really it's it's a really interesting and and interesting phenomenon I, i'm just i'm you know I'm, I'm young enough to remember you know um you know, young enough to remember MySpace. I'm young enough to remember oh, like yeah, Facebook and sure. just like how how some of the they were just initially platforms just to connect with other people digitally, and then that was really the only intention of those those platforms. And then it's just kind of morphed and grown into into something else. And and uh, you know, one of, one of the things I, I do want to uh, um, to to uh, ask you about is. The, the there's an aspect in uh, in masculinity about about being tough and about being driven and kind of having that that warrior mindset and we do see examples of that in uh, in in the Bible and through you know men like King David and, and Solomon even Jesus at certain points had that uh, had that that warrior mentality um, especially. One of the things that I do, kind of as a, as a practice, especially when I feel like I'm kind of going through uh, some spiritual warfare, is I read through the Apostles' Creed and get down to the point where you know he went descended down into hell and wrestled away the keys of sin and death from 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 Satan, and so and even and and one when it talks about the meek inheriting the earth, I, I actually heard an interesting translation of that is that. The, the the little translation is, is a little bit more closer to the phrase of like the term meek is like those who know how to use their swords but intentionally but keep them sheathed um, and but but still know how to use them so I, I just want to you know, ask your thoughts on that about you know what wh- where can we find that um, what's a healthy way to engage that that part of our spirit as, as we who we are as men uh, yeah. that, that warrior mentality. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, I think there are times when God absolutely gives us the responsibility and role to be a warrior. You know, it's certainly spiritual warfare. You know, we yeah. have to look at that. But I think it comes down to the cause. It's like, what's our cause for being a warrior? I mean, we should always be ready. Again, be watchful, be on guard, be mm-hmm. alert. Um, we should be ready. We should understand that we have an enemy that's, that that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. Yeah, you know yeah. us. That's that's looking for opportunities. But I think as our faith grows and as we get in a habit of putting on the armor of God, the less we're operating out of fear of that, and we're operating out of strong faith. You know, and we trust in God that we're, we get less and less worried about the enemy and more focused on what God is trying to do and His causes. And so, you know. When it comes to the warrior, I have zero problem with going to war in a particular situation, but God calls us to a cause and an opportunity, and then He enables and strengthens that. You know, um, I think this this idea that we always have to be at war and be a warrior, that's not biblical. Um, you know, but yes, I agree with you that there's a, you know, 
we are, and, and I think that's not just with men. I think women are called to spiritual warfare as well. I mean, all oh, yeah. Christians are, are called to that and, and yeah. a warrior spirit at times. But it's it's one of the many, I guess, um, uh, not faces, but uh, aspects, you know, of our life. You know, if if you're a father, you know, you, you mentioned it before, mm-hmm. you know, that, you know, a man is called to be a father, he's called to be a leader, he's called to, you know, all these different things, and a warrior is definitely one of them, but it comes down to what's your, what are you fighting, you know? Like, we're, we should, the Bible says that, that uh, you know, our flesh is at war with our spirit. Mm, yeah. You know, and, you know, and it also says, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the, the deeds of the flesh. You, you know, you'll kill, you'll starve the flesh when you feed the spirit. Mm-hmm. And that's the journey that I feel like I'm on, especially over the last 10 years. It's like, um, how can I get it out of my head? Yeah. This logical, like I know God is real and so I'm logically following him to truly walking in the spirit and being transformed to re- truly feeding my spirit. Hence, another reason why I got off social media. Now, let me back up. I believe we should be up on current events. We shouldn't bear, no. I'm, I'm not one of those guys that would say, bury your head in the sand, don't have anything to do. I mean, I, we should be engaged. We're the salt and light. Mm-hmm. We should be engaged in all that. But but I think we should be selective too. You know, um, We should be informed and, and we should get our news from somewhere, but we should be selective about where we get that and, and the commentary and, and all that other kind of stuff. Yeah. But I agree with you about, about the warrior spirit and we should be ready and, and, and always have the armor of God on. I mean, it's a great illustration of being a warrior. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and there are causes that he calls us to, and he enables us to do that. And 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 in times of physical, real world, uh, real world war, mm-hmm. you know, which, I mean, my gosh, what's going on in, in the Ukraine right now? Uh, you know, there's people up against it for sure. Yeah. And and generations, you know, before us, you know, that fought in, in real war. I'm not a conscientious objector. I mean, you know, if, if there's a war then we will need to fight. So I have no problem with that concept. I'm not a pacifist, although I don't have a problem with somebody being a pacifist. I'm just saying I'm not. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm okay with that, but it comes down to what are you fighting for? Yeah. You know, what's, what's the end game here? Yeah. 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 That's, that's a, a really, yeah, that, that's, that's the great, great point. And, and yeah, what, what are, what are we fighting for? And I think as, you know, as men who in the audience of this podcast, I think, you know, what, what we're really fighting for is just to, to have that true traditional masculinity come back into our culture where, you know, where, yeah, the, the phrase toxic masculinity can be a thing of the past where, you know, where, where people can, can look at, at, at strong and, and courageous men and, um, yeah, that's one of the, one of the things that that I'm trying to do with with this with this podcast is just show like this is the man that that God is is calling us to to be and um, one of the you're mentioning the the armor of God and that's that's actually really a really great thing to uh, to pray through um, I I've, there's been seasons in my life where I would pray through it and and I find a lot too that a lot of these um, the descriptions of these pieces of armor are—they're very purposeful, and, and it didn't really, didn't really dawn on me. Like you know, for for example, uh, the helmet of salvation. Like that's 
a lot of, a lot of times salvation is uh, it's something that we struggle with in our intellect and our mind that like how can we possibly be be saved and be absolved of, of our sins and how can how do we process that in our in our minds and you know faith uh, the shield of faith is that's our one of our first initial reactions and defenses to to the slings and arrows that are thrown at us, uh, and you know the, uh, the righteousness, you know, having knowing in your heart that you're in right standing with with God. I think that's a that's a very key key part of, of who we are as as uh, as believers and in, in the core of our being and in, in our hearts is is just knowing that it, it, yeah we are in, in right standing with with God and and um, you know truth that ties the whole thing together like the belt ties the whole thing to together and and what you were mentioning about the shoes of peace that that's an, another great great one that we should be be bringers of peace at the you know that should be the end end game of, of as we go into the world um so we're almost uh, at the end of our time here um but uh one question that i, I do want to ask and i ask um, all my guests this question is and i'm sure you've seen examples of this having been in in men's ministry for for so long but uh you know what what are what's some advice that you would give to uh to a young man who's kind of uh lost right now who has kind of is ready to kind of give up on the world maybe not necessarily give up on life but just kind of give up on on pursuing something higher than themselves or they're just in a very downtrodden place right now what what advice would you give to uh to men in in that uh in that situation where they find themselves and i think there's no shortage of that i think there's you know there's plenty of opportunity for us to be beat down (laughs) yeah oh yeah depression is you know i work for a company that, that that my division doesn't but they sell drugs that help in the mental health arena and all that kind of stuff. So I understand that there's chemical things that are going on a lot, but there's still, there's definite um, shame and, you know, just depression and just feelings of inadequacy um, that abound, you know, zero doubt. You know, to me, the, the biggest encouragement that, that, that I could ever give anybody is, if, is to really tell them about the gospel. Um, for them to really catch a glimpse, to explain it in such a way and, and hopefully be led by the Holy Spirit to season that because words in and of themselves, my words in and of themselves won't do anything, but to let them know how much Jesus loved them that he came, that God's plan from the beginning was for Jesus to come and give his life. And, and, and that wasn't just for a person, it was for you too. It yeah. wasn't for the guy that, you know, that's, preaching on Sunday morning, it's, it's for you too, that Jesus loves you that much and that he's not condemning you. Um, I just don't think telling somebody everything they've done wrong, I, this, I've practiced this in my business life as, I, you know, as a sales coach. I've learned that you don't critique somebody to greatness, you call them to greatness. Mm-hmm. That's what Jesus does is he calls us to him. But to let them know that Jesus is calling you. Yeah. Right? You can turn to Jesus at any point and he can change your life. Yeah. Um, not, yeah, he will if you allow him to. If you surrender and accept that, that there's hope, and that's where so many young men are in a hopeless state. They haven't, you know, experienced enough maybe necessarily to know that they can get through more than they think they can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Just by keep moving and and all that, but but outside of that, the the, the real salvation comes from surrendering to Christ. Um, you know, there's things that, that I would encourage every man to do is get in their Bible. 
Yeah. You know, get in a you know if, if it, get in a translation like a New Living translation. Um, I prefer the ESV, but you know there's really easy to read translations that I think convey the message very well yeah. in, in today's market. Get in that, get involved, find a mentor, find somebody that you know is following after Christ. They don't have to be perfect; they just have to be a Christian a little longer than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and just to experience you know God's love. Um, you know. You, be selective about who you're hanging with. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, get, get engaged and get involved in a, in a, in a group of, of men or Bible-believing people. Um, I think there's strength in that. You know, um, but understanding that there's hope in Christ—that's uh, that's a great place to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's and that's yeah. That that's, that is a great place to start and. Like I said, if you're in the Nashville area and uh, you need uh, you need some guidance, you need a great place to plug in. Uh, Gateway Franklin uh, on uh, Lewisburg Pike, great place to uh, uh, to get that journey started. And uh, you know, just um, if you're needing uh, some good um, male influences, uh, you know, come come down here, talk to talk to Chris. You know. Talk to me. I'm I'm here just about every Sunday as well. I would love to uh, to talk with you about my own journey. But uh, um, Chris, it was uh, it was great to uh, to have you on the uh, on the podcast. It was a really great conversation that we had tonight. And uh, normally I break things up a little bit, but uh, you know we just had a good conversation flow in there. So we uh, we filled the whole hour with conversation. So I'm I'm really really happy to uh, to do that. But uh, uh, and. One other thing I would recommend too, um, there there's a great book by um, I bring him up all the time on the show, but John Eldridge he wrote a book about ten or twelve years ago called Beautiful Outlaw, and it's kind of a personality study on on Jesus, and just you, you'll really get to know who he is and who he was as a man and who he was as, as the son of God through through reading that book. So I would I would recommend you know picking up that book whether you're a Christian or not, just reading through that and, and getting to know Jesus a little bit better uh, through that medium, but. Uh, uh, and again, just know that the, through the, the entire work of Christ, the cross, resurrection, and ascension that just sealed the that sealed the deal for you. So, just know that that He went through all that for you, and that He's petitioning at the right hand of the Father for you as well. But uh, He is uh, Chris Stuvenauer, uh my guest on this edition of the Discovering Masculinity podcast. I am your host. John Waltz, thank you so much for uh, for downloading and tuning into the show, and I will talk to you all next time.